Hello, everybody, and welcome to the College Gridiron Show, Tuesday, December 12th. I am your host today, Matt Costantini. 2017. 2017, yeah. Um, <laughs> joined, of course, by Mir Gori, who just threw that in there. Well, you know, if you're just going to give, like, a, a just the the complete date, then, I mean, we it sounds like we're reading off, like, some sort of court hearing or the beginning of something, like, very serious. Yeah, well, you know. You were close. He only missed by I mean, Jimmy, do you have something really serious to say? And that's Jimmy Sullivan, of course. Or? No, I, I just. I have some serious things to say. I, I do, too, but. Oh, okay. But, yeah. wow. Guys, I, every, I don't know. Yeah. How's everyone feeling about finals week? Look, I have like four finals on on Monday. I see like, our I like, see our wonderful producer nah. Jackson Heil brought some stuff to study while while the show is going on. So that's wonderful. Oh my God. <laughs> gente, it's the Italian book. That's too we, we, good. We got the Spanish gente book out for my Spanish. Final. It should be gente. Just that's wonderful. Whatever. So we got <laughs> this is going to be an interesting show. I mean, <laughs> not not a lot going on in the in the college football world right now. We got a long way to go until we get to some meaningful games. So this is kind of giving us a chance to to take a step back and look at some administrative moves that could be going on. A lot of coaching changes, coaching moves, some recruiting news. I feel like the playing field right now is, um, you know, family homes as coaches go and recruit players. You know, that's like the real competition right now. You yeah. know, high school fields that are like basically empty. The the the, the sky's gray. You know, yeah. people are just kind of like finishing up their semester. You know, and obviously they don't have any games left, so they're just kind of like chilling you know you've seen that scene right where all the all the high school boys yeah. the football players are just chilling on the sidelines joking around doing absolutely nothing and then like randomly there's going to be a recruiter shows up like from michigan everybody's like oh man yeah. who's that who's that well that actually happened in my high school once it was really <laughs> oh, weird. it was so it, the one day in high school in four years i missed um it was three days after the national championship game my sophomore year, and Urban Meyer was there with James Franklin and somebody else who's escaping me right now. But I wasn't there, but Urban he, Meyer. Is, he was escaping you, in yeah, fact. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he found out you weren't there. He's yeah. like, I'm going now. Yeah, Urban Meyer was there because he was doing Letterman that night. Oh, so wow. So he was at the school, so everybody's like, oh, my God, Urban Meyer. And so, Matt, obviously Letterman went there, too, right? Yeah, because yeah totally. Yeah. Sullivan's yeah. not here. Let's go. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so... So obviously some big names were already on the move. Nebraska hired um, Scott Frost from UCF after the wonderful season that he put together and leading the Knights to a perfect record after a few seasons that were less than desirable. Um, I think the biggest name that got moved was Jimbo Fisher taking the job at Texas A&M, leaving Florida State. So that's that's interesting. And I think a, a kind of a strange one is Herm Edwards getting back into the the coaching game, leaving. I really don't like that sign. That, that hire. We can get to that one first because I think that's the most interesting. Yeah. He left the NFL, took his job with ESPN, was there for years. Legend. And, and now he just thinks that he can get right back into coaching and into college coaching, which is a totally different ball game from the NFL. Oh, I think he's going to be great, like as like for what he wants to do. But the thing is that his focus is on building men, right? That's his thing. He he preaches. He's kind of preachy. And he's great at it. It's not annoying. It's it's actually, like, really inspiring. The problem is that you do that for programs and, and you become the coach that people aren't scared of you. They love you and they don't want to disappoint you, right? But at Arizona State, where they have just no talent whatsoever, other than their D-line, which is sick, and they've got a great defensive coordinator, I think they're keeping him on. I'm happy about that. But... Arizona State is not a great program. He sh- like Herm Edwards should have gone and been preachy at like UCLA. 
you know, where they have like a ridiculous talent base and he just gets them to buy in and perform on game day. And then that's it because they have enough talent where they don't need to be, you know, court marshaled and forced into a corner and pushed like every ounce of talent out of them and, and reach the potentials. These guys are loaded with talent and Herm Edwards just has to go in there and just like not crash the, the proverbial Porsche. Right. But, but the thing is that he's going to Arizona state. He needs to, I mean, it's college football in 20, 2018. It's going to be, even more so like results oriented you have two maximum three years to to get a 10 win season you know the Pac-12 is also dying to become relevant on the national stage I just think this was a wrong direction for him but I think that Herm Edwards in college is a good thing yeah and Mir I always hear you talk about in-game management and in-game decisions and how important that is and it absolutely is hashtag Gus Malzahn (laughs) um I'm a Jets fan and when Herm Edwards Ouch. was there, yeah, it's a rough existence. When Herm Edwards was there, he literally had a coach in charge of managing the clock. That's how bad he is at that. So to say nothing of the fact that he's got to go. Are you kids serious? Wait, are no, you I'm serious? dead serious. There was a coach on staff that was managing the clock. It was That's in, Gus Malzahn all over again. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm excited. He I can't li- wait yeah, for he this. He literally thing. hired a clock manager oh, this on is good. his staff. Jimmy, hey, I already know it, what I'm looking forward to next year. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to have to watch Arizona <laughs> State at the end of every Matt's half next year. Matt's looking for like power move plays, right? Yeah. So, so if he sees like a coach that's hired for like pulling, you know, Brett Venables back on yes. onto the sidelines yes. or or Herm Edwards having a a coach manage the clock, you know, or Steve Spurrier having someone time the practices so that he gets his tea time in costantini's happy you know he likes those power moves but my question to you matt is this do you think herm is going to be good i don't really know i it's something that he's never done before and he's going to have to learn how to go into people's homes and convince them to play for him but you know they're going to do that you know the that's the one thing i think herm's actually going to be good at because he's such an inspirational dude and it's very hard not to like him I think that's the thing he's going to be good is, at. The problem is everything else. The problem the, the is problem, he can't pick up a bunch of Rudies from Notre Dame, right? <laughs> yeah. he, the problem he, he that, like people the problem that, that I see is that Arizona State is a team that has no lineage, no legacy, <laughs> and no no hype around it. So how is he going to convince these guys that are going to make an impact on the field to come and play for him? I mean, he's not going to be outbidding even a team in his own state, Arizona. He's not going to be outbidding them for players. Right. He's not going to be outbidding teams in his conference for players and he's not going to be beating out teams in his entire country for players that's that's the problem because he's going to get people to buy in on i'm going to make you into a man but all the top talents are going to be like yo i can act like a jerk even in the nfl as we've seen with, i can act like a jerk with cam go to, newton go right? to michigan and yeah and make well i don't know in michigan i i I, I'm scared of Jim Harbaugh. I, I, he's somebody. He's somebody that's Herm Edwards plus like psycho in-game management. Like he's attacking the day with enthusiasm previously unknown to mankind, and we could that, all get behind. Jimmy, that. Jimmy, I couldn't have said it any better. That's, well, that's he excellent. said that's a couple years ago. He tweeted that out. I was laughing for an entire day about yeah. that because it was just hilarious. So I want to get more into Jimbo Fisher leaving Florida State and joining up at Texas A&M. It's no secret that this season was a complete and utter failure for Florida State, and I'm not sure if that was Jimbo Fisher's fault because his starting quarterback got hurt in the first game of the season and everything kind of just spiraled out of control from there. The backup was terrible. (laughs) But I think the question I want to pose is, did he fail at Florida State, and is that the reason that he left? 
I don't think he failed at Florida State. I think if if you win a national title, you're not a failure. If he would have, and he went to the playoff back yeah. back years, and and if they would have been really good, but never gotten to a national title. The th- example I always think of with that was Frank Solich at Nebraska when he had Eric Crouch, and they went to the title game against Miami and they lost. I don't think he's a failure at Florida State at all. I just think things started to kind of snowball. Where even I think last year, once Jameis Winston left, I think things started to go a little downhill. But they were still in the New Year Six and they were really good. But I think this year it was just so different because they lose their starting quarterback in the first game, and then the backup, like you said, Mirror was terrible, and they wind up going six and six, and they only get into a bowl game because they rescheduled Louisiana Monroe for that sort of week, that conference title week game to get themselves to six and six. And Texas A and M, frankly, was just throwing him a ton of money, and it's very hard to turn that down. So money man's up. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, get that man's and he's going to be coaching in the house that Manziel built. Look. Manziel made that Texas A&M program because before then, Texas A&M was Javorski Lane, I-Formation, we're going to beat the heck out of you. John David Crow, yeah. Right, exactly. I mean, these were tough, tough guys. And then Manziel showed up, and it's all finesse. Now they have Christian Kirk. Kevin Sumlin thinks he's, you know, hot you-know-what. I mean, it's it's going for them. And then they completely fall on their faces. Jimbo shows up. He's going to bring in accountability. Jimbo's one flaw is he cannot recruit offensive linemen. Like if yeah. you look at which Florida, is going to be exactly. a problem because he's no. playing in the Big Ten, that Big Twelve, excuse me. That is no, he's like, playing the SEC. SEC, that's right. They I know moved. The, it, oh, it should geez. be it should be a Big Twelve team, but whatever. But actually, the great thing is Texas A&M has always had great offensive lines. True. So this is actually a good fit for him, and he gets that money, Manziel money. So honestly, having a bad offensive line in the SEC is worse. Yeah. No, but but like. Texas A&M always has a good offensive lineman, no matter what. So, like, I'm not worried about Jimbo Fisher's success. I just want Florida State to burn for this. I want Florida State to get off of their high horse. Bowden made them great because he was just a loyal dude. And then he handpicked Bowden. And, not, and, not Bowden. And Fisher. Fisher. And, and Fisher was fantastic, and they just, they just got spoiled. I mean, yeah. that's all there is to it. And Fisher's you- a fantastic coach. And I hope Florida State just goes into like mediocre. How do you feel about them hiring Willie Taggart? I mean, he wasn't. He, he wasn't. Yeah, he He's wasn't good, good at. Oregon. I actually He's like. Terrible. I like Willie Taggart. Why? What? What? They had a good recruiting class up until oh, when okay. he left. He they had a top ten recruiting class, and they've had some things sort of. Right, since Miami's had a lot of great since. recruiting classes under Al Golden. But oh you no, never I agree. Saw them being great. I agree. Oregon, Oregon after Mariota left, which was three years ago now, I, they kind of fell off. I well, mean, yeah, twenty fifteen they were good with Vernon Adams, and well, yeah, last because, year they were be, awful. Well, yeah, because seven and five is an accomplishment shit. for Oregon this year. I mean, I think so. I'm with that. Okay, but you know, like you have Nike, you have such a great program, Chip Kelly just built this machine, this amazing machine. All you had to do was not screw it up. And and Taggart, I mean, he's just not been that good. Like, it's not hard to recruit for Oregon. I mean, they got they they've always got the brand behind them. I mean, and they've got the flashy plays and the uniforms. I mean, it in my eyes, Jimmy, I think you're giving Taggart too much credit. And I'm glad I'm glad Florida State hired Taggart because it's gonna be mediocre at best. It's gonna be seven five, eight or sorry, it's yeah. Seven five, eight four, but they're then... getting Francois back, and he's he's kind of a stud. So. I don't know. I no, think it's Francois gonna be a long okay. time. I think it's gonna be a long time before this team is back in relevance. Mm. Yeah, Fran- Francois' problem is 
Last year, he was pretty good, but he had a terrible offensive line, so he was actually, like, okay his results were. So people are glorifying it a bit too much because they're saying, well, look how bad his offensive line was. Well, guess how bad it was this year? It got him injured. Next year, he's a junior. He hasn't really gotten the proper development he's needed because he's been skittish always in the pocket because his offensive line is terrible. It's just stunted his growth. I don't really see Francois becoming an elite college player, and that offensive line, those players are coming back, and they're just going to continue to be terrible so i'm really happy florida state is completely you know what you so, hate florida state now don't you i hate the fact that you you build a program off of the backs of two very successful uh regimes and then suddenly you mistreat a coach because of a quarterback's injury okay i mean i just i thought that that was just ridiculous yeah so those were kind of the moves that have been happening throughout the college game, and I think it's now is a good time with the NFL season kind of wrapping up and you're already seeing coaching changes being made. Thank God the Giants got rid of Ben McAdoo. Um, let's, let's talk about some coaches from the college game that might make the jump to the professional level. I mean, I feel like there are the obvious choices with Jim Harbaugh from Michigan and David Shaw from Stanford. I feel like there are some outside names like Chris Peterson out of Washington and is there a team that could maybe, by the grace of God, pry Nick Saban away from Alabama? Nick Saban is a terrible NFL coach. He he likes things done his way. That's why he, he's been so successful at Alabama, because they completely worship him, as they should. Jim Harbaugh is the best coach, in my eyes, in football. He can coach any sort of football. Like I know Belichick is the best NFL coach, but I don't think Belichick would be great in college. Harbaugh can do anything. So to me, he's the best guy that anybody could ever want, but he should not leave Michigan because it's going to tarnish his legacy. And he's got a great legacy that he could reach and continue to grow on. My thing is David Shaw. I think David Shaw is a fantastic coach. I just think he's just been stuck in a Stanford program that you know, just doesn't have the the recruiting options that they'd love to have because of the high academics, which is fine. It's good. I mean, they've been successful, but I just think David Shaw looks like an NFL coach. He looks like a college coach. And don't forget, Harbaugh was his mentor. So maybe Shaw is one of those guys who can coach, you know, college and NFL. So I would really like to see Shaw there. Uh, you know, uh, Peterson, Craig Peterson, for the yeah, Boise Chris State, Peterson, Washington, Washington coach. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a college guy. He's not he's not really an NFL guy. So that's fair. Um, my guy was also David Shaw, just because it makes sense. He runs a pro style offense. They emphasize a lot of the same things that NFL teams do, maybe even to a greater extent. I mean, to be honest with you, I thought the Rams could have gotten him. I mean, thank God that they they, they got who they got. I mean, Sean McVay's yeah. an excellent head coach. But yeah. I mean, I thought Shaw. F- Fit that like Todd Gurley idea of the I formation yeah. of offense. Um, I'll give you a, a crazy one because he has experience as an assistant coach, coach with the Browns and the Ravens in the '90s. Who's the old line coach, Kirk Ferentz? I know he's older. Oh, okay. I know. Where is he? He's at Iowa right now. He's he's been at Iowa since '99. Um, and I know it's kind of crazy, and he's older, and I don't think he would do it. But I wanted to throw it out there because he is 62 years old, but I could see him doing that for two or, or three years. See, that's, you know what I mean? that's where the issue comes in is that he's 62 years old. Yeah. Because that Do you want him to be a placeholder for somebody better? I could see him yeah. going to maybe the Browns just because the Browns are so terrible. See, the problem with yeah. that is teams these days, you saw it this very past offseason with the 49ers and Rams hiring very young, energetic coaches that – are new blood in the game, and that's what teams are trying to go to. They want those young guys like a Sean McVay, like a Kyle Shanahan. So that's kind of why I was throwing Chris Peterson out there because he's a young guy. 
He has fun offenses, creative offenses. But for me, I really think the guy is Jim Harbaugh. And this might just be biased because I'm a Giants fan, but I think he would be the perfect fit for the New York Giants. Oh, he totally would. Oh, my God. I didn't think would. about that. He has, the, he has the big personality that would fit New York in the media. He, he knows how to handle media because he's only been in high-profile jobs his love. entire career. This is such a good fit. And Jim Harbaugh is such a good personnel guy that it doesn't even matter. I mean, I, I'm assuming that to leave Michigan, he would need complete personnel control and kind of be the pseudo-general manager of the team, even though he's not. Okay, I don't care anymore about Baker Mayfield going to the Jets. Harbaugh needs to go to the Giants. He needs to coach Baker Mayfield. Mayfield will be the next Drew Brees, and Harbaugh's going to be fantastic on the Giants. And New York might explode. New York's oh, yeah, like absolutely. implode from joy. <laughs> oh, man, that's would, so good, Kostanti. I like that, but the thing is, look, Michigan's see, got a legacy. and I don't he, think it matters. I think that To he, Harbaugh? No, not to him. I think Harbaugh wants to go where he's going to be successful, and right now he Ooh. hasn't been successful at Michigan. He hasn't been successful. No. Well, yeah, he's yeah. been I successful. Mean, he's never beaten Ohio State. He hasn't won a Big Ten championship. Okay, but, but look, he he lost spades, and they were they were really good. No, it does matter that Spates got hurt this season. It does. Like they, they would have, they would have been they a would, playoff. They contender. would not have beaten Ohio State this year. No, but they would have. Uh, actually, yes, yes. I would say yes. I would say yes. I mean, they barely beat Wisconsin. Oh, Jimmy and I and are with, over here. They barely beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin didn't have a quarterback. I Wisconsin mean, is a good team. Yeah, Wisconsin no, no, is a good team. No, no. What I'm trying to say is, Ohio State beat a team without a quarterback. I mean, Wisconsin. Uh, despite being a good team, has no quarterback. So, like, how can you be Their so— running game is better. Well, yeah, but my point is Michigan with Spates, with a similar Wisconsin-style defense, would have beaten Ohio State. But I, I don't think—because I think with the Ohio State-Michigan game, it's just one of those where it doesn't matter how each team is doing. It's always going to be close. Those games are always emotional. If one team is a lot worse than the other, they're going to play up. And if one team's a lot better, they might play a little down. The rare case in last year where they were 2-3 and three and it wound up being an all-time classic game. But I, which at the very end, Michigan, Michigan kind of got like you know messed up yeah, over that but, call I mean, because they, yeah. you know. But I mean, yeah. I just I think Harbaugh. People need to slow down a little bit on Harbaugh. I knew this was going to happen that people were going to start calling for his head. But I think I think they need to give him two more years. I'm not I, calling for his head. I just think that he that the NFL is going to be too enticing for him to stay at a college level. See, I disagree completely. There, I Harbaugh's not going anywhere. Let's just get Why? that out of everyone's head. He, he, he listen. He's two years into. Was he two years into this Michigan job? Three. He's getting paid a ton of money, and like Mir said, the only way he's going to leave is if he gets full personnel control. If he and goes to the New York Giants, he's going to get both of those. Yeah, but there's not one NFL team that wants to give Jim Harbaugh personnel control. I I I there's super no one's disagree gonna with that. No, Jackson's actually right because remember what happened with York for the 49ers, the GM. That's because he was a power hungry maniac. I under no 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 I understand that, but all of these guys are, and they're all in an inner circle. All those GMs are in an inner circle. Well, you know? see, this is it's this like is a why club, the, this right? is why the, cough cough Colin Kaepernick. The only team that Jim Harbaugh could possibly go to right now is the New York Giants because a they do not have I a agree general with manager. That. I agree with that. And the ownership, I feel like they respect him enough. To give him, to give him moderate personnel control, and to bring in a GM that will be willing to work with him. I think you're absolutely right. I just don't think it's going to happen. But I think if there is a team that he would go to, it would be the Giants. That would that would 
That would be interesting. <laughs> that really would. I mean, but you would said, you stop being a Jets fan, Jimmy? No. <laughs> no. I, I, listen, on, Jimmy. I've literally we'll sat keep a, through. We'll just like kidnap him and keep him prisoner. I sat make through. Make him watch Giant games. Yeah. I mean, I've been a Jets fan for 12, 13 years. Jackson is too. Jim, Jimmy, I'm right. The, the stuff that we've been through. Oh, my God. The hiring of Jim Harbaugh would be like so far down on the list. Oh, my God. Not even close. Not even from close. a Jets fan, it's ridiculous. That, yeah, that's how bad sat through Sanchez. The that's, first that's year fine. I was a Jets fan, they had five starting quarterbacks in 16 <laughs> games. Literally. Well, that's better they, be an Auburn and, fan. And the, they played you know, four quarterbacks in one drive. And you know what's terrible? I could name them all. It's awful, oh, yeah, but well, there's Jimmy, a devotedness. You can name five names. I could do it right now if you want. No. I'm nah, being sarcastic. Nah. <laughs> we got to get, get this recruiting news Yeah, here. really. Yeah, let's just move on, please. So... So I feel like this is a kind of an interesting year for recruiting classes, considering these coaching changes that we've seen. I mean, you look at a team like Texas and M; they did not have the strongest recruiting class coming right out of the gate. Um, but now, possibly, they'll be able to flip some guys with Jimbo Fisher coming in. I'm sure Florida State is about to lose a lot of recruits because they signed up to play with Jimbo Fisher, and he's not there anymore. So, I don't know. I mean... They're all going to Texas and I could see that. <laughs> I mean, right now, the top teams that I'm looking at, I feel like Texas is going to be really, really good next year. They have, they currently have the second-ranked recruiting class in the nation. They're they bring- have the best freshman quarterback in the nation. I believe so. And they're bringing in so many good players on defense. They have a five-star safety, and they're bringing in a lot of four-star uh, cornerbacks and and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, and Texas's problem is they just haven't had the – for whatever reason, on offense, they have not been able to develop the talent. Because under Charlie Strong, their defenses were fantastic. Even if Malik Jefferson at times looked like he wasn't reaching quite the pinnacle as potential, he was still very, very good. The problem, though, again, with saying they have a great recruiting class is Herman... Look, I'm going to be honest with you. Herman is offensive coach, and he called those plays, and I wasn't really impressed with Herman. I mean... The the way he 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 used the 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 quarterback situation was fine, but the the problem with it all is that his play calling wasn't great and his offense wasn't great at all. And it wasn't really that the players weren't developed. I want to give him another year, obviously, before I say he's like a success or not. I mean, I understand it's too soon. However, I would like to say another great recruiting class. But guys, you just need to develop your offensive talent, like. They've got the defense. They've developed their defensive talent. It's the offense. And this is now an offensive coach. So he needs to start developing them because I'm not really the biggest fan of Todd Herman. Yeah, and it's weird because he kind of did the same thing at Houston. Ed Oliver won the Outland Trophy. Yeah, exactly. The other night. He, he led got that Ed team. Oliver. Yeah, as a freshman, Oliver was the best player on that team, and Houston was great because of Oliver, not because of the offense, but because of Oliver. And then, meanwhile, their quarterback situation was kind of a mess. I remember two years ago, their one loss was against UConn because their starting quarterback got hurt, and their yeah, backup Ward was, Jr., yeah. was uh, I think it was Postma, and he was really bad. So, um, Texas, Texas lost some close games this year. They're going to be better. It's a good recruiting class. Next year is going to be – they have to improve next year. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's that's absolutely true. But I, I think Herman's a good coach. I, I'm – I liked the work that he did in Houston. Building them as sort of a national threat. I mean, beating Oklahoma that first week of the year, I remember. And they were ranked pretty highly, and then Jimmy, the bottom sort of dropped Jimmy, out. Jimbo, come on, stop. I'm sorry. Stop, stop, I'm mentioning, sorry. stop mentioning that law. So I just want to yeah. touch on a few other things here. Uh, not, we're not going to talk about this too much because we just talked about Jim Harbaugh in Michigan a lot. But Jim Harbaugh got a very early Christmas present getting transfers transfer quarterback Shea Patterson out of mm-hmm. Ole Miss, which is something that this team has needed for a very long time. And they need to keep him. They yeah, need to absolutely. keep him. 
I mean, they've they like Kyler Murray is going to be great next year for Oklahoma. I know Kenny Trill was was okay for TCU, but I mean, he was the best offensive quarterback they've had in a while, and you know they need to start keeping their talent. I mean, both Texas needs to develop their talent. Texas A&M needs to keep their talent. But the team that we need to watch for is the dynasty of Alabama is slowly but surely crumbling because it's coming from within. Kirby Smart is going after the Saban model and just saying, hey, y'all, I'm a younger coach, and I'm at Georgia. And you can see that because yeah. they have the number four recruiting class right, right now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's only going to get higher, in my opinion. I think they could finish up third. The, the critical thing to watch out for is Alabama because you see that there's a the talent is kind of dwindling, as you see in this roster, because even three years ago, the Alabama rosters had enough depth recruiting-wise, enough talent, that, that they could have withstood all the injuries that they did this year. And and De- uh, sorry, it's Deion Hamilton. I, I Sean Deion Hamilton. Sean yeah. Deion De- Hamilton. Everybody talks about how great he is, but the guy's only played like ten games in his entire career. I mean, like he he had so many injuries in the past two years that I don't understand why people think he's so fantastic. I think people just like saying the name and they liked what he did in three games. But like this Alabama team isn't really as good as everyone thinks because the kind of the recruiting has been showing that. And I think that's an important thing to watch out for this year at the end of the ESPN three hundred. Yeah, I mean they're currently ranked number nine. I mean they have no five stars right now, ten four stars, which is really bad. It is pretty Alabama. bad. But that actually is a perfect transition into what I wanted to ask next. I'm looking at the ESPN Top 300 right now, and there are so many five-star it's wide so, open. five-star yeah. players that are not signed yet. Is that Am I crazy it's for normal. thinking how late how it's late normal. this is in the year to not have them signed? Not really. And the NCAA, too, has tried. They had an early signing day. I don't remember exactly when it was. It was a couple of weeks it, ago. Yeah, it, it's, it's actually kind of normal because they've been messing with the timelines. Yeah. And what's happening is a lot of players will commit early than decommit. Sometime, now, like, I was, I was uh, listening to Todd, uh, uh, Tom Luganbill. Um, he's, he's, like, been yeah. a great ESPN recruiting analyst for ESPN for literally 10 years. I've been watching him since I was 10. And he has always talked about how, like, at some point recruiting is going to get to the point where players are going to, like, start joining up like they did in the 80s for Miami. True. Because that stopped happening with these early and late signing periods, but now it's going to start happening again. And that's why we're seeing a lot of players that haven't committed yet. I would say watch out for UCLA. I would say watch out for Texas A&M. I would say watch out for Georgia. And something about these five-star players, six out of the nine five-star players that are not signed yet all play on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. So there's a lot of teams that could use these kind of players. Georgia's the team to look Georgia, at. Georgia, I feel I'm right there with you. They're going to be they're going to go after some of these guys hard. I feel like Clemson's going to go after yeah. a lot of these guys really hard because Oh they, yeah, Clemson because, as well. Because they need to replenish their defensive line, their defensive line after this coming year cuz I feel like a lot of guys are going to be leaving for the draft. Yeah, and Clemson, you know, they have signed two of the top three. I'm on 24-7 right now. Yeah, they've they got Xavier the Thomas. Trevor Lawrence is the number one overall player, according to 24-7, and he's a quarterback. I don't know how else to describe He kind of looks like Sunshine from Remember yeah, the Yeah, he, really, he looks he exactly really like yeah. Sunshine. Yeah, yeah I, but he he's the best quarterback in this class, and they got him. Georgia got two out of the top six. They got Justin Fields and Zamir White. The other two in the top six, Micah Parsons, Patrick Sertan Jr., his father played in the NFL. So those are interesting guys to watch. But, yeah. Miami's I, also a team. Miami, I wanted to – that's exactly. I think the team to watch is Miami because 
the U is kind of back. We talked about that for a while, and now I think that's going to be a destination spot where te- guys go along with uh, if you teams look like at Clemson, all the Alabama, maybe not so much. If Alabama, you look at all the South Florida players on the ESPN 300, they're all Miami commits. And yes, we, we every even, single one. We didn't yes. even bother mentioning uh, Ohio State being the number one recruiting class. <laughs> No, I think it's I think it's fine, but I think it's going to diminish. Actually, I think they're going to get a lot of decommits. Well, and the thing is, because Georgia yeah. just got one last night, in fact. Yeah, because they don't have as many five stars. They have a lot of three and four stars, if my memory is correct. So there's a lot of depth to Ohio State's class, but it's more of quantity, and it's the quantity of the players they have is just so large that I think they kind of have to be ranked number one. But the real winners here are the teams like Miami, like. Oklahoma, like uh, we were just talking about Clemson and Georgia. So that's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting signing day this year because I feel like it's kind of wide open right now. It's absolutely wide open, and it'll be very fun to watch come signing day. I know a lot of people are going to tune into that, especially all these college football fans. But, guys, that's all the time we have for today. I felt like it was a really good show today. Not much to talk about, but we made it interesting. Uh, For Mir Gorey, Jimmy Sullivan, Jackson Heil producing, as always, I'm Matt Costantini, and we'll talk next week.